stop. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and our plans to see Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, is that the one with Chewbacca? My name is Michael Basinger, with me are Matt Polly. Hey there. Brad Polly. Hi! Oh, wait, I thought you had me off still. Sorry, everybody. God, you're obnoxious. Yeah. Brad, we need an intervention. You fuckers wanted me back. Do we have, it's on you. I take it back. Everything. <laughs> I made a huge out. mistake. <laughs> get out. Hello, uh, darkness, my old uh, Matt doesn't have a soundboard because his computer crapped out. Oh, that's sad. Oh, yeah, my, do it uh, live. Fuck it. <laughs> do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> Don't worry. Brad, Brad will. Brad, yeah. Brad's got Brad will plenty. make up for amply. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is still my absolute favorite internet video ever. Really? You've only mentioned that like nine oh, times on the podcast. Oh, God. It's so good. Oh, man. <laughs> Her? Uh, okay. So, announcements. Austin Channing Brown <laughs> book winners. Uh, no one sent a trunky. I was really hoping. Really, <laughs> really counting on the trunkies. I'm glad nobody sent trunkies. It was the, the, well, yeah, the trunkies. Oh. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. Don't, do don't that. die in your trunk. So if you'd like to. As far as we know, Paul Fodder didn't touch his in his, dead in his trunk somewhere. Yeah. So. yeah, he's been tweeting from mountains. Yeah. Or Instagramming oh, okay. from the top of mountains. Is that what they're calling it now? Um, anyway, Austin Channing Brown, her I, book. I we're, don't have a drum roll. We're no. giving away. Five copies. Do you have a drum roll, Brad? Nope. All right. Well, sure don't. I just did it. <laughs> five Gosh, hours geez. later. Jeez. <laughs> just, just list all five at once, please. Uh, Monica at Angel. Geller? The singer? Uh, from Friends? Uh, Lewinsky? <laughs> at Angel Witch 2304. Uh, no E in Witch. Just Angel Witch. Well, anyway. There is no E in witch. No, I mean no E in angel. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking this. I was like, wait, what? No E in witch, guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, there is no E in witch. Yep. <laughs> Number two. It's going to be great. Um, uh, Kendra Sitton at PS Kendra. Sitton? No, I'm standing. Wow. Yep. Number that three. Was perfectly timed. Uh, Blair Roberts at... BT Other Rock. All right, it's a it's a way to put it. It's a great Nick Cage movie. Um, <laughs> the Rock? No, it isn't. Is it's, he in that? Yeah. Fucking, are you serious? Sean Connery is. I knew Sean Connery is. He's literally I, the main character. Oh, for oh fuck's yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer. Remember, he jams a needle Con in his Air. heart when he eats the poison or whatever. I prefer Con Air. So I don't prefer anything. Well, Raising Arizona. That's yeah. the Raising only Arizona. Nick Cage movie worth watching. Face Off with John Travolta. No, that's also <laughs> not so worth terrible. watching. It is. <laughs> oh, give me all that goodness of Nick Cage. Um, for a $100 Patreon contribution, Michael and I'll trade faces for a day. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Number four. <laughs> Pretty cheap. Whoa. Travis Pinkston at T. Pinkston. T. Pinks. 21. And then last but not least... Hmm. Let me find a good sound effect. Um. <laughs> uh, oh my god! <laughs> Alex Alex Millet at Alex Joy Millet. Wrights. It's like an '80s hairstyle, isn't it? No, 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 no. Nope. That's a 
uh, it is a type of grain, though. Yeah. Millet? I think. Is it? I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. How the hell do you know that? Yeah, my wife's from farm country. <laughs> so you just randomly had a conversation about grain types? Well, we, uh, there was somebody growing it in the anyway. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. And you so stopped if, and asked the farmer? You're one of those people that we just named. Monica, Kendra, Blair, Travis, Travi Pinky Pinky, uh, and Alex. <laughs> Pink! Pink. Ready to bust some ass? What are we going to do tonight? Um, yeah, hit us up on the slide into our DMs with your address. Why are you staring at me? Is that beer any good? Yeah. All right. Yep. Not super uh, confident in this one. Either. Whatever. All, All right. right. All right. Um, also, our friend um, Christopher Maloney. Hey, Baloney Maloney. Baloney uh-huh. uh, has a first name, and it's Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> it's C H R I S. Um. Uh, in God, in God we Trump film, uh, he's trying to get it out on the on the dark net and all the other places. But I'm, I forgot to mention the rewards that he's got on his uh, Insta, not his Instagram, on his Kickstarter. Um, go to ingodwetrumpfilm.com. I said it wrong like eight times last week. <laughs> Nobody, nope, and he Did didn't you? correct me, me. Nobody said I just said ingodwetrump.com, but it's ingodwetrumpfilm.com. Oh. Um, the other one's a porn site. Dot yes. edu. Yes. Dot org. Dot uh, <laughs> Zanga. Dot Zanga. Hashtag. <laughs> God we Trump. Dot orgasm. Weebly. Um, okay. That's, so, a, that's a site for Stormy Stormy Daniels. Ugh. Some of some so some Ugh. of the rewards. So you, some of the rewards for this in God we Trump film. Jesus. We had Christopher on to talk about the film. Yep. Um, so Who? Christopher Maloney. Baloney Maloney. Baloney Maloney. Um, First name C R I. Yeah, C H R I. Yeah, yep. Him. Um, so some of the rewards under twenty dollars: poems, artwork. Yeah, uh, at twenty dollars you can get a, a a link to view the film. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then my favorite are the the fifty dollar rewards: homemade vegan desserts. Oh, and we uh, and we he sent some. the yeah. Was it uh, what kind of cook? chocolate chip oh, cookies? Oh, yes. God. yeah, they were. Oh, awesome. you want those? Yeah, so fifty dollars. You want you want, and he also has gluten free desserts as $1, well. Thousand dollars, he'll send a pic of his tits. Yeah, thousand dollars. Wait, <laughs> wait, what? For a thousand dollars, he'll send a, a <laughs> he'll flash a, his tits. A pectoral <laughs> on Snapchat. A pectoral picture. He'll do a photo shoot for a thousand dollars. That's a good buy. <laughs> it, is a, it is a good value. Pectoral. It's a good value for your dollar. Pectoral photo shoot. Yeah, you know when you go to Amazon, it says best value for yeah. like that's, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. So thousand bucks for boot picks. Yep. Head on over to uh, in God we Trump dot com. In God we Trump. In God film, we Trump. My film. God. Dot com <laughs> slash jizz muzzle. No, no, forget the jizz muzzle. God. Dot orgasm. Christopher, I'm so sorry. <laughs> dot orgasm. Go, just go to kickstarter.com and search for In God We Trump film. Yeah. And yep. you'll you'll be in the place. Yep. And get some very delicious vegan desserts. Yeah, right. do that. Yep. Well, with that. Stop banging on the goddamn mic. Jesus. What are we drinking now? Guys, right. so earlier we had... Oh, I lost the can. Uh, Shit. No, he's got oh, I got one. it. I got one. Yeah, it's, Michael, read, Michael read the can. Bear Hands Brewery. They made this with from their Granger, bare hands. From Granger, Indiana. Didn't touch her. Up by South Bend. Granger, never stranger. Um... <laughs> 
It's called a Thai PA. It's an American IPA brewed with citrus and Thai spices. Um, what 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 is that shadow? It's a Buddha. Buddha. Jesus Christ. It doesn't look no, like a real no, Buddha. No, it's not Jesus no. Christ. Actually, Buddha. It is Buddha. <laughs> no. Actually. Although, if you believe in the cosmic curtain, that's a whole yeah. other episode. They're yeah. at Bare Hands Brew on all the places. B-A-R-E. Yeah, B-A, Bare Hands. Not Bare Hands, as in like the hands of a masturbator. Yeah. Made by Quincy. Hands. Hmm. Bare Hands. Of the Bare Hand family. It's good there. Yeah, yeah it's the really review. good. It, it was, was a really nice. smooth IPA. Yeah, it, and it, had, it did have a distinctive like... I think we picked up the lemongrass. Lemongrass or yeah. something. Yeah, it was. It was good though. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh... Did you finish it? No, I, I'm about. I'm two thirds. Okay, so I'm mostly backwash at this point. <laughs> yeah, mostly <laughs> backwash. Yeah. Um, so he intentionally yeah. spits half good. a mouthful back in every time. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it warm. <laughs> when my niece, who uh, listens to this <laughs> podcast, do it live. Fuck it. My do le- it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> So my my niece. I hate period, these soundboards now. Can you? I actually did that on accident. <laughs> Total accident. So my niece, who sometimes <laughs> listens to this podcast, um, when she was a kid, she would she liked Tic Tacs quite a bit. Oh, orange Tic Tacs. Orange. Are the best. That was exactly. God, you it. had those recently? No, they're, they're fucking awful. Are they gross? They don't hold up like you think they would. <laughs> no, anyway, that's sad. So yeah. she would always be with the with the Tic Tacs. Um, and then she would also drink after other people and then you'd suck on that straw and then, uh, you'd get an orange Tic Tac in your ooh, mouth. Ooh, so, that's pretty gross. When she was like three or four. That's, that's so. pretty gross. Yeah. There you go. Smash. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, the, the other beer we have currently is, um, from Saugatuck. Did we ever, is that Saugatuck? Never yeah. been Brewing. It's in uh, Michigan, right? Yeah, made in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Sounds like uh, Neapolitan milk stout. Boy, that um, it has a distinctly strawberry aroma to it. Ooh, it's good actually. I kind of like it. It's supposed to be vanilla chocolate yeah. and, and strawberry. Yeah, I I'm on board. Yeah, that's that's kind of good that's actually. Good. That's like yeah. a, that is a Neapolitan beer. I that's way better than I thought it was going to be. It's definitely heavier on the chocolate. I, mm-hmm. When I smelled that, I was like, God, this is going to be just strawberry. a strawberry bomb. But no, but I get the vanilla, not. the chocolate, and the that's, strawberry. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty damn good. I, that's all right. That was one of those I bought, and I was like, ah, well, we never had anything yeah, like Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, it's, if it sucks, good. it's a four-pack. That yeah. would be awesome as a float. Oh, with some, some vanilla, vanilla ice, cream. ice cream in that mm-hmm. bastard. Mm-hmm. That, that is damn, really good. Vanilla ice cream. You got to check up on that. <laughs> I don't know if I do or not. No. All right. Well. <laughs> oh man. Man. Yeah, we, dropped the, we dropped the ball on that. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Um. So this round is on uh, Natalia Marville. Um. She. So uh, Tom uh, Riddle's mom. What? what? Oh, that was Marvel. Never mind. No, that was Marvolo. Oh, was that it? was his middle name. Was it? Was that his middle? His name? last name was Riddle. Dipshit. Oh yeah, it was. Wow. That's been a while. <laughs> okay. Um, Just grab them in the biscuits. <laughs> so Natalia, Natalia. Um, I love that. That's what you guys working on. So I, I said this round on, but it's actually this whole episode is on That's Natalia. Laughing yes. at her. So she's at our new, our, our the, the new level where she can help uh, shape the content of the show. Yay! The new level, um, the old level. Well, the old level that's only been used by one person before. Okay. Um. So. Wait, um, we have new levels? No. Well, no. Oh, okay. Nobody's the told same me. same levels. The, the, I wasn't consulted about this. Neither was I. The, the, <laughs> Michael the, just does shit. The barely, the barely touched levels is where she's at. 
Only been touched once. <laughs> Please tell me the level is called barely touched or it's it really be. should. It really should be. We yeah. Should, we'll get on that. Yep. All right. So uh, I'm sure that will just drag in the donations. Yep. yep. <laughs> I think there's only really one spot left. Yeah, for this, I think this, so. This spot. So yeah. if you if you're wanting to the, get in the on barely this, touched or level. Yeah. Of, yeah. If you're wanting to help shape the content of the show and given, you know, given the Me Too movement, not sure that's a good call on our part. That's the, probably true. The uh, the 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 foofy levels. I don't know what it's called. Probably foofy. Um, anyway, so she uh, came to us with the idea for this episode with Hillary. So um, this episode's on her. She wanted to talk, us to talk about uh, deconstruction and marriage. Yep. So. Yep. Um, so a little bit about Natalia. Uh, Natalia is a mom of four biological and foster From Moscow. Foster kiddos. Hate that word. She not from Moscow? No. Oh, okay. What, Moscow? You don't like the word Moscow? No. Kiddos. I oh. hate the word kiddos. And doggos. Fuck doggos. <laughs> I hate the word doggos. Shoot me I in the face. I'm, I'm, I'm fine, fine with kiddos, kiddos but doggos nope. get out of my Both face. Both make me want to murder puppies <laughs> against a wall. Something um, which you have experienced. <laughs> don't so. test me. Don't test me, people. It's deep down inside anyway. <laughs> <sighs> it's, it's, I need to meditate for a minute. Come it's on. Like, <laughs> it's like, what's a, what's a shark taste? Human blood. It's yep. just, there's no stopping that motherfucker. It's, yep. it, the craving will hit. And I'm now gonna, the, the craving, you can feel it rumbling deep inside of you, can't you? I've got a bloodlust for puppies. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't heard anything in like 25 years. Yep. It's time. It's, it's time. <laughs> time is ticking. <laughs> Time is ticking. You can, Time you is can, ticking away. You can just hear you can just hear the breath leave them as they slam against the metal door to get oh. you. That's just how it sounds when it hits Bam. the metal. Um, okay, so <laughs> anyway, Natalia from okay. Moscow, Russia. Natalia. No, um, she's not from Moscow. She's not. Uh, she is married to Alan, never heard of him, uh, who is <laughs> who is more interesting than she is. Why does anybody donate to this podcast? Because we drag them all. Yes. God. Uh, so Alan. We are the worst. Alan, her, uh, her hubbo, because we're going to call him. <laughs> the hubbo. Uh, no, she doesn't say that. I said that. Hit kiddo, hubbo. Um, yeah, I get it. Yes. We got it, Michael. You're you don't have to explain that. It wasn't that hard of a rabbit trail to find, buddy. He works in the uh, the film industry. Wasn't hard to follow those breadcrumbs. He works in the film industry, um, not the adult film industry, sadly. Um, she didn't write that. She did. Oh. She, did she didn't say sadly. She just said not the adult film industry. Uh, so while Natalia... Um, uh, uh, Where'd you go? She just stays. Where'd home. he go? Where'd Michael know. go? You can see the break He was gone. Like well, he literally. I was trying, to, I was trying mo- to find my space. His consciousness walked right out the fucking door Guys, for like two or three seconds. It's gone. Open the door. You should try transcendental meditation. It'll it'll blow your fucking mind. Yeah, I don't think it's helping you a whole lot. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. I'm somewhere else right now. Um, Anyway, she stays home uh, and homeschools and takes care of the three pets, three dogs, a bunny, and soon-to-be chickens. So Jeez. I, I would assume the, the bunny is pregnant with chickens. Chickos? Chickos. Bun- Chickos. Bunnos. Bunnos and, and doggos. <laughs> uh, I call them bun buns. 
Chicky chicky bun buns. I do. No, I call them. I call rabbits bun buns. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Ask my wife. I do. I call them bun buns. You, I'll you, see them outside my kitchen window. Like, oh, there's a bun bun. You want a chicken sandwich? Just call it a chicky chicky bun. We bun have bun. a family of rabbits that lives on the across the alley. The Smiths. Us. Yeah, we call them the Smiths. I've got some <clears throat> some cottontails. Yeah, down down the in the briar mm-hmm. patch. You haven't shot them yet. No, I thought about it. There's a. I <laughs> can't believe you haven't eaten those motherfuckers. One of yet. my dogs treated a raccoon last week, and it was in the day. I thought it's I was rabid. a little paranoid yeah. after that thing, but yep. I think my dog had been literally sitting there since before the sun came up and was just sitting at the base of that tree. <laughs> He's going to starve it waiting out. Waiting for it. To... I will throw you against a garage, yep. you son of a bitch. Yep. That's what the dog was saying. Yeah. I learned from my father. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's been well trained. Um, so You I... all right? I learned by watching you. <laughs> <laughs> so Natalia lives in the woods. I don't know where the woods, but uh, the woods and her happy places on the deck with hot coffee and mm. a good mm. book. Yep. Can't beat that. As young adults, both Natalia and uh, Alan worked in the entertainment industry. Natalia, a dancer, again, not that kind. (laughs) Cage dancing? Well done. And Alan, a stuntman. Uh, Being in entertainment, uh, we were surrounded by many LGBTQ people who they loved very much. What a novel concept. Um, Even though it had been the antithesis of the Southern Baptist Church um, they grew up in. Isn't that amazing when you meet real people and not... It's like, oh, wait, I can't do <laughs> that. And you realize issue. they're not just a talking point. They're yeah. actually human beings. Yeah. So Natalia's deconstruction began uh, after their first baby was born 13 years ago. The parenting advice, uh, quote-unquote, uh, classes... Uh, at church were full of horrific advice, all in the name of a supposed loving God. Mm -hmm. While at big church, uh, we were taught uh, about love and grace and mercy in regards to our own children who were brand new to the world and were learning about how the world works. Uh, We were advised to fight a holy war for their eternal souls by way of obedience. So... Uh, didn't sit well with uh, Natalia, um, and they started, and that started her on her own path of deconstructing the religion she had accepted as truth. After reading Rachel Held Evans' book, uh, she realized that she was not alone in her feelings about the evangelical church. Finding the Inglorious Pastors podcast has brought her to tears many times, both huh. from hysterical laughter and from hearing the hearts of Michael, Brad, and Matt. Oh, that's uh, nice. And their guests. She misspelled my name, so I'm still. <laughs> so I'm she's angry. dead to you. Yeah, Natalia is dead. Well, to you. I mean, she's not dead to me, but I mean, she, she is giving this podcast money, so I'm not going to say she's no, dead to me. I'm just, just going to think. Absolute about it. whore, yeah. aren't you? Yep. You just call me a whore. I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it every Wednesday night. Um. So she's still whiling. She's still. She's still trying to get her hubbo on board with listening, uh, though she has shared parts of episodes with her 13-year-old daughter. Um, hi, Jeez. friend. Uh, and Boy. Has, and she has some awesome conversations about just, the topics just, with her. Just chuck her into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, really. Just like literally throwing her at the deep end. So that's uh, Natalia Marfil. So thanks. Thank you, Natalia. Thank you yes, for thank being you. a friend. Travel around the world and back again. Mm-hmm. 
Your heart is Stop. true. Here it goes. You're a pal and a confidant. I thought for sure Aaron Neville bum, was going to show bum, up. Bum. And if you threw a party. <laughs> if you hadn't said anything, we'd have been fine. Everyone you knew. <laughs> you could see thank you for being a friend. So let me know when you guys are done, all right? <laughs> all right. Well, um, two of the three of us are having a good time. Matt's uh, being a shithead. Well, <laughs> for all of you that are like, oh, Brad's the angry yeah. one. Fuck you. Oh, yeah, I'm very <laughs> Hey, Hey, Matt. Huh. Laurel, Laurel, <laughs> Laurel, Laurel. I'm not even Laurel. shocked. Like I knew Laurel. it was coming. This, like I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> I don't even care. I'm immune to your bullshit. So if you'd like to get inside our heaven, uh, buy us around, or you know help shape the content of the show, go to Patreon.com/slash/PastorsPodcast. We offer exclusive episodes of Pastors Community Church, Pub Crawl, Church Talk, Hymns of Reconstruction, um, special music at any level. You can get access to the Pastors Pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and just about everything else. We do have a very exciting new spinoff podcast I thought of. Well, we've been collectively thinking oh God, of. Yes. Don't want to give any spoilers away. Um, oh, we're going to do it as a spinoff? No, well, it's just going to be yeah, an additional. I thought it was just going to be part of this. Oh, no. no it's going to okay. be a spinoff. No. All right. No. We, we might play a clip i don't know what we're gonna do but it's 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 yeah we'll see i'm very excited right now i am yeah. i'm very excited yeah. right now i am so michael and um, i had a good laugh about yes, it today so it, it's happening yeah, thanks for including me in that well you were busy <laughs> well, i can't do three-way call you were in illinois <laughs> i was yeah you can do three-way can't you <clears throat> I don't know. Move on. Stop, I Michael. I'm I can already tell where your brain is going. I'm just saying iPhones, you can do three ways. Hey, Michael. I can't. Where's my fucking... <laughs> he muted you. You motherfucker. No, I didn't mute you. You're good. You did mute me, you shit. Go ahead. In the 69, nose no, I didn't mute you. <laughs> you weren't muted. Things discussed in the pub this, this, uh, this here week. <laughs> Why is the church obsessed with shame? Oh, yeah. That was um, a good discussion because yeah. it keeps people in the pews. Yeah, it keeps people yeah. coming back. Yeah, my chains are gone. I've been set free. Um, what's a good beginner beer? We talked about that a little bit. I mean, anything light. I would think. Yeah, I mean, not light beer, a wheat but like wheat beer. A wheat beer, pretty inoffensive. A, log, a decent lager. I mean, it's got to be a pretty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we. I had a good tur talk with Brian McPhail, and it was, was good. To I haven't had a chance to listen to yeah. it yet. It's, it's I'm a, hit that it's tomorrow. A, it's a giggly good time. Yeah. So, uh, so the the good beginner beer was based off Brian McPhail. Next question is: uh, How many beers in a day is too many? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the point I agreed with somebody was like, if you can't go a day without a beer, it's yeah, a, a problem. problem. <laughs> I yeah. totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Totally agree. I didn't drink anything yesterday, kind of for that reason. Like, I don't need to be drinking every fucking day. Yeah. So, I w- I mean, for for me, um, about two is good for me. Um, three is really good, and then well, like I mean, Saturday, like four. I'm off. Yeah, I was gonna if say I'm off that, on the it weekend, on the like day. I drank yeah. four on Saturday over a span of about eight or nine hours. Yeah, and that's I mean, different too. Yeah, I yep. mean, I had two early afternoon, I had two in the evening. That was it. I mean. Yeah. I drank water in between. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't even buzzed. I mean, it's just there's some people can you can you drink a six six yeah. pack in a day and you know or more. Yeah, know. tolerance all matters. Yeah, 
have have a loved one tell you what your limit is. That is There's a very advice. good. Yeah, that's a yes. that's a good piece of advice. Yeah. Um, we also <clears throat> talked about the royal wedding in Bishop Michael Curry. I watched the royal wedding. I was fascinated by it. Yeah, I, I, I had no intention on it, and I was flipping through, and I got totally freaking hooked in it. Yeah, <laughs> totally hooked. You know what was great it was listening to that sermon. And watching those stuffy fuckers have no idea what to do with it. Like, oh, God, it was just it was true, truly prophetic. Like he talked about poverty. He talked about slavery in front of the fucking queen. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just they they kept paying into the audience. They had no idea what was going on. It was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I, I have so not good. watched it yet. I've got it recorded. Have you? Know, oh, DVR. dude. The, time. Oh, it was so great. So it's on my DVR. It's on my list of things to do. Um, uh, Bo versus the volcano. Bo Jangles. <laughs> he's currently he's going to die in lava flow. <laughs> yeah. So he's not. He's not being our podcast anymore. Brandon yeah. is dead to us. Yeah. Bye, Brandon. <laughs> Adios. He's that or he's going to come back looking like Vader. Yeah. They're breathing through a harmonica. <laughs> His legs are gone. Freaking Mustafar. <laughs> Brandon's on Mustafar. He's going to have like half legs and fucking yeah. breathing through a harmonica. Breathing through a harmonica. William. William Patterson. <laughs> Can we go a goddamn episode Willie, without mentioning him? Oh, Willie P. No, he's coming over to my house this weekend. We're is gonna, he really? Yeah, Willie we're gonna P. we're doing a turd talk. No, a pub crawl. Oh, really? Uh, for the Han Solo movie. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna Han Solo. You're gonna go up. see the movie and with him? No, we're gonna see it separately, and then we're gonna reconvene on Saturday. I'm I'm seeing it uh, Thursday night. Of course you are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I need to get tickets. I'm excited about it. I think it looks fun. So fun. All right. Well, that's. Let's go to the next segment. All right. <laughs> okay. Great bye. transition. All right. Next segment. Just grab them in the biscuits. <laughs> wee wee all right. Here we go. Tony, I can see the traffic jam from here. It's not jizz. Try all your tears, people. <laughs> it's tears. I'm not. I'm not doing the dress, tennis shoe, Laurel bullshit. I'm not doing it. Here hit your comes. fucking button. Here Just he hit comes. It. Hit it. Go ahead. No. <laughs> you don't have us. You don't own me. <laughs> God. Right. Why do I do this every week? <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I got two. Laurel. 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 I still hear Laurel. Laurel. By the way, I've never Laurel. heard anything but Laurel. Yanny. Yanny. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Woman furiously Laurel. shits on floor of Tim Hortons. Wait, was her name? Laurel. Or was it? Laurel. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> Woman named Laurel furiously shits on floor of Tim Hortons, throws it at employees. Oh, same. I assume everybody's seen this at I've this point. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, I saw it firsthand. <laughs> Uh, woman I mean, if you can't throw your shit at a donut salesman, <laughs> what good is life? <laughs> am I right or am I right? You're right. Uh, <laughs> a woman in Canada, Laurel, was so incensed about something Tim Horton's employees did or didn't do that she dropped her pants, took a dump on the floor, threw it, grabbed some napkins to wipe her ass, threw those two, and oh, left. Wow. Like, I was thinking, I didn't watch, because they have surveillance video. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. it. I'm not watching her take a but dump like, on the floor. I I mean, think of how long of a process. I, 
My shits take at least ten minutes. Like how, I've got to play Fruit Ninja. And like shit. how like, angry? I mean, how angry yeah, do you got, have to got, be? How angry do you have to be? Jam to play because at some point, like it, at no point during that entire process does she go. This is I'm out of hand. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, Jesus, like. You were mad long before you walked oh, into yeah. Tim Hortons. Yeah, sure. like if you're gonna shit on the floor and throw it at an so employee I, like a freaking <laughs> ape, God. So where was Yanni when she did this? Excuse me. Was this Canada? I assume. <clears throat> yes, it was in Canada. Oh. Quebec or Fort Wayne? Uh, it was Tim in, uh, in Fort Wayne. Yep. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, it was in British Columbia. Oh. Um, so, or before Christ? <laughs> no. Yeah. BC. Um, so Hillary might be getting a new client at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Hills. That's all yeah. you. This is it. <laughs> that's going to make a lot more sense yeah, here in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> according to the Abbotsford News, we're uh, Canadian news on your side. No, we're not. This doing all that went anymore. down. Michael ruined it. Yeah, he did. You're right, <laughs> and that sucks because it was a great thing. Um, I, I'm just sitting here minding my own business, and <laughs> you're never just minding your own business, Michael. Can you go? So here's an update. <laughs> It's either an update or Matt's getting an Oscar. I'm not sure which one. He's playing me off. Yes. Tim Hortons released a statement. In limited cases across the country, restaurants have a restricted access policy for restrooms to ensure um, the well-being of our guests. So apparently they wouldn't let her use the restroom. She got mad and shit on the floor. Well, she had to take a dump. Okay, I know, Michael. There's been many times I've gone someplace I've had to take a dump, but I haven't yeah, shit on the floor and thrown it. Like, yeah. They're still they they arrested her and they're still, they're trying to decide what charges will be. Yeah, what I mean, what do you charge her with? Shitting on the floor? I mean, I, I would say like feet, public, public indecency, indecency, public indecency, uh, nuisance. You, know, you would it. think in Canada it's okay to show your beaver. I mean, there's beavers <laughs> everywhere. Okay, that's all right. That's that's fine. I yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's pretty good. Beavers if I had my rim shot noise, I'd have played it. All right, <laughs> that's well. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Do that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And then uh, <laughs> uh, date line Monroe, Louisiana. Police oh. in Louisiana say a woman came home to discover a naked stranger in her tub eating her Cheetos while taking a bath. I regret nothing. <laughs> Cheetos are delicious. Uh, a Monroe police affidavit said... I mean, you got to get the orange dust off of you somehow. Right. Yeah. You right? just dip your hand in, yeah. grab some more Cheetos. Right. Yeah, you're automatically clean. Yeah. I mean, Unless you take a bath with the Cheetos. And that's what they were doing. <laughs> like an actual like Cheeto bath. Like, oh, yeah. You, you fill it up with Cheetos, and then you pour hot water on it, and then you get inside. That's what Donald like, Trump does. That's what Michael does. <laughs> I, I, feel like we're, I feel like we're listening to a Michael uh, no, I like did fantasy take, right now. I did take a bath with some tea bags once, and it was very... Uh, Why? Peppermint tea. Because they were they were going bad. Michael and I, teabagged himself. Michael yeah. teabagged himself. Well, we've it's got true. our fucking hashtag. No. I'm not even writing any more down. It was good. That is it. it Michael was, teabagged himself. It was exfoliating. Jesus Christ! That, that just wrote itself. That might be the best hashtag we have. I'm no. not even voting on anything no, else. We're not doing it. Yes, yeah, we, are. we are. It's two out of three. Nope. It is Michael teabagged himself. <laughs> My no. God! Exactly. That's the sound of Michael teabagging himself. No. It was it was delightful. It was very refreshing. It was a peppermint tea. Um, what? Why did you do refreshed. this? Because th they were expired and I didn't want to waste them. <laughs> so you bathed in them. 
Yes. My God, Michael, I'll buy you more tea. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was a great experience. Don't ask me about the things I do in my, the privacy of my own home. My, <laughs> Michael's done steeping. Somebody take him out of the bag. Michael, how long did you steep, buddy? Four to, four to five minutes. Yes, I was going to say, it's got to be any more than five minutes, you get bitter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, that's all I've got. Somebody was in the fucking tub eating Cheetos. Wow. So, so, yeah. so they just mm. broke in the house and ate Cheetos? Basically, took a, uh, the police responding officer found a full, full tub of water and a plate of food along with half-eaten Cheetos. Belonging to the victim on the toilet next to the tub, huh. uh, Washington told the homeowner and police that an unknown male had told her had told her to break into the house. Police found a tall ice chest under a broken window, so somebody told her break into the house. Her name's Evelyn Washington. She's twenty nine years old. Apparently, doesn't know any better not to break in and take a bath while eating Cheetos in somebody's house. So, yeah. I think I'm gonna go home tonight and take a bath while eating Cheetos. I have some Cheetos at home. That, that sounds, sounds like a, sounds I've got some kind of delightful. I've got the jalapeno if cheddar you, ones. Oh, those are the best. Highly recommend some peppermint tea. <laughs> It pairs well. The peppermint tea peppermint and Peppermint tea and Cheetos? Yeah. I don't know about that. It's, I mean, it's exfoliating. I'm calling bullshit, but that's fine. About what? Nothing. About Just the move tea? on. Just move on. I don't care. Move Brad, on. what do you got? This man was prepared to take a bullet for his $1,700 Louis Vuitton bag. I would hmm. take a bullet for you. Uh, most so, people who find themselves face to face with an armed robber don't think twice about giving the perp whatever they want. It's a life or death situation. But Jared Cluting wasn't like isn't like most people. Nothing apparently, not even the threat of death, could ever come between him and his Louis Vuitton handbag. Do you say this is Michael Moncton? Is that what you say? Yeah. <laughs> Is that you? Oh, God, you're going to hear about oh, that. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it this weekend. You're going to get added pretty <laughs> huge. I love, uh, I love So Michael. he was, uh, on Monday, this guy was out for a walk in Holland Township, Michigan, when a thief ran up to him, pulled a pistol out of his waistband, and demanded the bag. On the one hand, Cluding was staring down the barrel of a gun, and if he refused, he could easily wind up dead. On the other hand, uh, however, was his prized knapsack, a $1,700 Louis Vuitton handbag. <clears throat> Faced with life and death, he didn't think twice. He said, I was like, you're not getting my Louis Vuitton, including told W-O-O-D. <laughs> Wood? All right. Wood? They're on your side. I get they, they really no, are. They're, they're in, in your side. Your side. They're yeah. In your, they're in your backside. Uh, I worked very hard for this. And this bag I've had forever, and it means a lot to me. I wasn't about ready to relinquish it to some thug that was going to demand it from me. The thief fired two warning shots. <laughs> And kept on pressing for the bag, but somehow this everyday hero was so hellbent on holding onto it, even flying bullets couldn't make him give it up. Hmm. I love Louis Vuitton, and I saw this bag long before I could buy it, and I saved up my money to buy it. It means a lot to me. It represents me. Well. Hmm. Uh, including me. <laughs> so eventually the thief ran off, including called the cops and re- to report what had happened. Pretty soon... Um, the cops managed to catch the perp. He's since been arrested and charged with armed robbery, fell into possession of a firearm, and receiving and concealing stolen property, including, meanwhile, is still out here accessorizing like a goddamn legend. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. This is what he said. I got my bag. You can pry it out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> they might someday. This yeah. dude loves his Louis Vuitton. Jeez. So more power to you, buddy. Louis V. <laughs> Louis Louis VV. <laughs> oh, right. Louis Veeds. 
All right. Um, do you have any more? Nope. That's All right. it. Hasbro has trademarked the smell of Play-Doh. I heard this today. Huh. Yep. That's, that's, Wait, how the... What? How? I, I mean, Play-Doh has a smell. Yeah, yeah, it does. I love the smell of Play-Doh, yeah. actually. Yeah. Well, it smells like clay, really. If you'd like I mean. to make it, you have to pay royalties to Hasbro. No. Yeah, good luck no. enforcing that. Yeah, this yeah. is one of those weird... That's know, just okay. a stop major comp. I mean, there's other cheap Play-Dohs out there. I mean, And they're shit. Yeah. They are shit. Yeah. I will say that's one... Yeah. You cannot go generic uh, on it's, Play-Doh. It's the Louis Vuitton <laughs> of Doe's. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, if, if you're gonna good. get a play-doh i mean silly putty's pretty good though if you're gonna do like a but that's not play-doh yeah it's not the same but it is a, a molding wonderful concoction did you ever put it on your penis what no i didn't either <laughs> are you talking about silly putty oh my god play-doh? please tell me you I haven't did. tried to fuck I haven't. play-doh it's christmas no, morning to make a mold out of it he's tried to fuck play-doh <laughs> christmas i cannot morning. even believe it. matt fox play-doh <laughs> i haven't i uh, have not done that uh, christmas it was a morning. joke i have not done that yeah, i'm Chris- not buying that christmas morning brad opens silly putty and matt has his <laughs> dick in it immediately <laughs> christmas night that's like I gotta go take a dump. <laughs> what happened to my Play-Doh? Uh, Who opened this already? I'm just trying to make a hamburger out of Play-Doh, and <laughs> why is it shaped like a dick? Good God! What's that indigenous? You're a disgusting have, person. I haven't done Bullshit. that. Bullshit! No. Nobody buys I haven't, it. I haven't done that in years, guys. Leave me alone. It has been dozens of weeks since I have stuck <laughs> my duck, my dick, and my duck, my duck, and Play-Doh. It's my dick in a Play-Doh. My dick in a Play-Doh. Oh, man, Matt. We just saw... You're you're a filthy animal. I have never done that. No, see, oh my God. No, because you... Deep in the Matt's soul. You have, and here's why I know that you have. Because nobody would even think about doing that unless they've actually done it. How long have we been on this podcast? You've done it. No, I have done it. I'm calling bullshit. Okay, that's Guaranteed. Okay, go ahead and prove it. Christmas Christmas night. Matt's in the bathroom. Brad puts his ear up to the neck, to the door and says, "Hey, hey, Matt, have you seen my silly putty?" That's all he hears. Yes, he hears this. What am I beating it against the door? Shazam! I'm very excited. <laughs> it's not a fucking wood block. Like I'm not beating a wood block. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, uh, this is my last week. Fuck you're you guys. a you're a sick person. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I've done. I've stuck my dick in play. There right. it is. Same, I knew sure. we'd get okay. out of here. That's all. If you that's what you want to hear. Yes, I did. There. Is that what you want to hear? Whoa! All right. I'm the angry one though. God, I hate both of you so fucking much. <laughs> this is the new segment. Just firing that up. It's so great. It's my new. It looks so easy. It takes yeah. about ten seconds. Laurel. <laughs> I think that's like a half a second. Laurel. <laughs> okay, so I've got a new story. I'm about saying the word the rest of the podcast. You're about to do what? What are you doing? He's not going to talk the rest of the podcast. Oh, oh. that's great. Uh. I believe I can fly. Woo! I 
Do you have the whole song on there? <laughs> Turn it off, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to do things that I know drives Matt crazy. No. Well, do it live! Fuck it! <laughs> Let's listen do to it that, live! Let's listen to that drum right roll again. Live. <laughs> Laurel. come to somebody try almost quitting on the podcast <laughs> wow we're recording oh my <sighs> god i'm so, that's so funny okay oh. <laughs> are you ready to come back to the show are you ready to come back matt matt will you come back no he's gonna simper like a bubby, little bitch bubby come back <laughs> okay here's the next one so uh, a driver um, stopped to help us at the scene of a car crash on Friday morning. Um, so they saw there was a car crash. They got out of their car, out of their truck. And um, as they were going to help the person who was in the car crash, uh, that person got out of their vehicle and jumped in that person's truck and stole their car. What? Yep. Stole their truck. So a driver who stopped at the scene of a car crash on Friday morning uh, had their own vehicle stolen by the one of the people who were they were trying to assist. Wow. What a shitty, shitty person. Yep. Wow. Um, this was in, um, where was this? Regina? Where's Regina? Anyone know? I uh, couldn't tell you. Toronto. Oh, okay. There we go. Wow. So Canadians are assholes yes. too. It turns yeah. out. Turns out Canadians are assholes too. <laughs> um, the incident was witnessed by Regina Police Service uh, members who were uh, at the time setting up uh, speed radar, um, and two people got out of the car while the truck stopped to assist. Police driver said the uh, or the police said the driver of the car got into the truck and fled the scene. So, police have yet to find the the stolen truck. Wow. That's so, uh, man, what a what a shithead. Yep. What a terrible terrible human being. I'm I assume they had some sort of something on their on their sheet, on their rap. The rap sheet. <laughs> I would say you're probably What are you right. fucking Columbo now? <laughs> there he is. God. There he is. He can he can know. Angry Jesus. Matt returns. Uh, there he is. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I think they had it on their uh, their rap sheet. They had, they had fucking something on there. Why else would you steal somebody's car after they tried to help you? Unless they had a really nice truck. Yeah, that's I, a good reason. Why yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Glad I came back. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks for coming back to the show. Yeah. Great conversation. <laughs> uh, Largo couple uh, steals a motorized shopping cart at Walmart and drives to a bar. Um, a joyride of the motorized shopping cart landed in uh, a Largo couple behind bars on Thursday. Uh, security cameras were rolling as Jeff Robert Sabiel, 50, and Santa Marie Walters, 34, um, or 32, stole a motorized shopping cart from the Walmart located in Largo. Um, 
Yeah. Say Santa Rio? Santa what? Santa Marie Walters is her name. Uh. So let me just show you the picture of this person. Uh, it says they are 32. I'm not buying it. Oh, shit. Not recording? Maybe I unplugged the power. I don't know. Really <laughs> we'll take your word for it. All right. Well, make sure we're still recording. We so are we- still recording. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Who knows? Let me walk around. Let me pause for a second. Hold on. We'll be right back. So we're back. Uh, I showed Brad the picture of the 32-year-old wow. alleged person. You ever so, heard that there's a phrase in Indiana for somebody like that? Road hard and put up wet? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, she does. Okay, so I looked up. I looked up the this person's name, um, Santa Marie Walters, and I googled it. So when you hear Santa Marie, do you think Mongo? Yeah, <laughs> Mongo Santa Maria. Um, That's for Billy Patterson. He's gonna love that. And the person that shows up is much younger looking than this. So I don't know if they. I I think this woman must have got arrested and used her daughter's name and. Whoever the um, the goddamn Largo police haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> a simple Google search. Don't overthink, overthink any yes. of this. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, they stole a fucking motorized cart from Walmart. It's not exactly like Ocean's Eleven, is it? <laughs> it's it's Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it's Grand Theft Go Kart. Not, not like, exactly the Bellagio. No, it's not the Bellagio heist. However, what you were doing Christmas Eve, Christmas night was grand theft audio auto asphyxia. Well, no, that's not a word. Nice try, buddy. Move on, dickhead. Asphyxia. Asphyxia. Auto asphyxia. I can't even say it right. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Is that what you're going for? Asphyxia. Yeah. Oh Same my shit. God. You know what the fuck I'm saying. I would guys. hashtag that. I have no idea no. how to spell it. I don't auto asphyxia. Auto erotic. Well, when you need your auto asphyxia, do you take it to the auto a garage? God, you, you can't I'll even insult is, me right. All like, I'm saying is Matt was jerking off with some Play-Doh. It was kinky. Auto asphyxia. I love that he fucked that up. That makes me so happy. By the way, Matt, the more he drinks, is getting angrier and angrier tonight. Here's another thing that will make Matt upset. So uh, someone actually made a petition. Is this like a new segment you guys talked about without me? <laughs> no. Okay. It's no, but though. it is a lot of fun. Uh, someone actually made a petition to change. I'm just going to play the fucking role. Whatever. I don't even care anymore. Someone actually made a petition to change no to yesent. What? Oh, Give me the electric chair. Yes, I'm, I'm tired of this bullshit. Give me the fucking electric chair. You know what I realized today? I'm kind of on board with that. You know Just kill them and yeah. be done 26,000 people signed it. 26,000. Burn them all. Yeah, because steak. it's so much easier to write yesent than no. God, what a yes-ent. moron. I bet every fucking one of them voted for Trump. <laughs> God. Uh, I don't know. This sounds like a libtard thing. <laughs> no, you know what it sounds like? People that voted for, what was that idiot woman's name? The Green Party. Oh, Jill Stein. Yeah, those are Jill Stein voters. <laughs> and go ahead and at me, because I'm going to name it on fucking Twitter, so I don't care. Go ahead and at me about uh, that. Did you vote for Jill Stein? No, I didn't. Yes, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I didn't. God, that's going to be a thing in the pub now. Motherfucker. God damn it. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh. Did, you see, did 
Did you have, yeah. have you seen Black Panther? Yes, and <laughs> I actually have seen Black Panther. I watched it. Uh, I bought it. It was good. Can I borrow it? Yeah. Well, do you have Blu- Blu-ray? I don't know. Or 4K? I don't know. It's 4K. You don't have 4K. Okay. Unless you've got like a gaming system, Lenny might be able to play 4K. He might be on his Xbox. All right. Well, that was fun, guys. I forgot to take my medicine today. I think that might be part of the problem. Yeah. Well, that and oh, Laura, maybe. <laughs> Little column A, little column B. <laughs> little column A, little column Laurel. Laurel. <laughs> I knew that was coming today. I knew I knew at when I woke up this morning when we were doing the podcast, I knew we were doing the podcast tonight. Uh, I knew that was coming. What's so. great is I didn't know till I opened up the soundboard. I was like, oh, oh, I gotta do that again. Hey. <laughs> If it's worth doing, you might as well do it a thousand it's right. times. If it's worth doing. Worth doing. It's, it's worth, worth overdoing the Michael Basinger story. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, further up, further in. You twat. <laughs> um, Natalia Marfilm. Nope. Yeah. Natalia Ma- That's Marfilm. That's who we interviewed. That is the person that sponsored this conversation ah, we're about to have. Gotcha. Natalia Mar- Marfilm. Um, Tom Riddle's mom. She, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Sure isn't. Nope. All right, uh, <laughs> she she sponsored this, so thanks, Natalia. Uh, Hillary McBride is a therapist, a researcher, a speaker, writer, and author. She is the host of Other People's Problems podcast. Get out with LPP. <laughs> she is the co-host of the Liturgist podcast. Uh, sh- her amazing book is out now. It's called Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image, Learning to Love Ourselves as We Are. You can check out our website in, um, in Glorious Bastards. No, uh, HillaryLMcBride.com for more info. Without further ado, let's uh, get into our conversation with Hillary. Further up, further further Yeah. Hillary McBride, how are you? I'm so good. So great to hear your voices. I'm so glad to be talking with you today. We are so pumped. Uh, so you've been busy since you were last year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, a slight uh, recap. You became a liturgist co-host. Um, yeah. You started another podcast called oh. Other People's Problems. Or, yeah, Other People's that's Problems. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm typoed it wrong, but I said it right. So I, I, I typed <laughs> it's it out. like the, the opposite of usual. No one would have known. I typed it out as no other people's podcast, but uh, it's not. It's not what it's called. It's called other people's problems. Um, and then probably most importantly, you challenged John Piper to a fist fight. Oh, <laughs> an intellectual, an intellectual fist fight. Sorry. Intellectual yeah, that, fist. That was a KO in the first yeah, round. You basically kicked wondering. the shit out of him. So. <laughs> Oh, we, that was a phenomenal. Your let your yeah. letter was phenomenal. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. I was you trying were, to do it in a way that um, was still honoring of the person because I think what he doesn't do well is he doesn't honor the person, and so I didn't want to do what he does. Right. And then and then actually miss the point of what I'm trying to say, which is yeah. that we have value. Yeah. So. It was it, good. Including um, including him, I would say. Yeah. Ooh. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> you're a, you're a way better person than we are. We're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and take the low road on this one. You were like five minutes late tonight, and we were thinking you were gonna. We were afraid you were gonna big time us. Now that like, you're like on the liturgist. She's stuff. she's probably talking to science, Mike. Yeah, she's I was gonna say we right thought now. you were gonna big time us. <laughs> Oh, no. It was actually because I was in a session with a client who was having some crises 
So I was I was not big timing you. Well, now oh, Brad, good. you're a horrible person. Oh, good. So we pulled you away from something important to do this. Well, <laughs> that's <great>. fantastic. <laughs> Actually helping people. Now you're talking to us. Oh, I'm sorry. Your session is over. I have to go talk to three alcoholics from the Midwest. <laughs> Uh, serious yeah. question though, Hillary. Um, so your other people's problems podcast. Yeah. Uh, why is this not the theme song? Because it's a good podcast and not this one. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm going to pitch that to the producers and tell them we need a. He's, yeah, he's been planning that for like two my, weeks. My by guess the way. is, my guess is they're going to pitch that right back. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Excellent question, though. Very valid. Yep. Uh, I don't have any good answers. You're going to get an email like a day later. We found another therapist that's going to do this. That's right. right. You're being replaced right now. Oh, man. That is a phenomenal podcast, though. Oh, thank you for listening. Yeah, Yeah. it's very, very. It's just. It's so I'm not going to say it's good because that doesn't feel like the right word for that. But, like, it's so informative. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's the point. Yeah. You know, there's something that we don't often talk about in psychotherapy. And this is like, I don't, I I tend to make my other therapist colleagues uncomfortable when I talk about it, because it's kind of like a calling us out as a profession. But we actually have an ethical responsibility to society. So in our codes of ethics for the CPA, the Canadian Psychological Association and the APA, the American Psychological Association, one of our ethical principles is is responsibility to society. Like I talked about in that John Piper article that I wrote that we have an obligation to, to step up, to change the discourse around mental health, to make information about healing and well-being and thriving accessible to people. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think that means that we become, you know, stand on the street corner with bullhorns telling people that they have problems and that they should do something <laughs> different. Yeah. Like get, yeah. get more exercise and you'll be fine. But Really, like there are opportunities kind of like doing podcasts like this or being on the liturgists or doing that podcast or writing articles where it feels like the knowledge that we have, we can take, we can put such little effort in and we could really transform how people see their experience of suffering. Absolutely. And I think that we have an ethical responsibility and maybe even moral responsibility to as knowledge holders, as people who are privileged to understand more about the brain and healing and pain. I think we have a human responsibility to support other people to know that information. So it feels like a huge passion project for me and something that I'm doing um, really just in my spare time to, to change narratives around mental health and therapy and health seeking behaviors. So thank you for listening. Yeah, it's, it's really great. And I think what's important about that work, what's important about, um, the liturgists, other podcasts like Exvangelical, Airing of Grief, mm-hmm. this podcast is, right. is or we're telling people that they're not alone. Um, yep. And I think in today's society, you can feel so alone. And uh, what I really appreciated about uh, Other People's Problems podcast was um, w- was it, it's a message to say, hey, this is not abnormal. Yeah. What, what you're feeling, what you're going through is not, is not uh, you're not alone in this. So, yeah, yeah, good. Well, that's cool. it's doing what it's meant to, if that's how you feel. Yeah. So, thanks for sharing that Sweet. feedback. Um, more seasons coming out soon. We'll do, we're just wrapping up season two, um, finalizing details on that, and that should be out pro- hopefully in the fall. So, awesome. more of that to come. Good, nice. I can catch up. I'm way behind on my podcast yeah. right now. So, <laughs> it'll give me some. I, I will say this, and then we can move on to our questions. Uh, I think the thing I like most about that is not necessarily just the therapy, like just the intimate intimacy of the therapy sessions, it's you breaking it right. down periodically. 
like that, right. that to me yeah. is what's so valuable for, like, I, I know, like I'm to the point where I know other people are, have problems. Like I, that's yeah. not right. news to me. Right. I mean, the two co-hosts right. around the table are a giant train wreck. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> talking about yourself and your brother. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, the, you being able you breaking it down periodically is what's been really helpful for me personally. I know. So I just, it's just, I can't recommend that podcast enough to people. Cool. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cool. So shall right. we do this? Yes. Let's do it. So we're what talking number, about, what, what number is this? This is, oh, what, what? 119. Is it 119? Yeah, I think so. Oh, you guys. It's one time 119. I know. It's like you're in the big thing. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah. no, we're no liturgists, but. <laughs> well. Can't all be the liturgists. I mean, I mean, we have a Michael. Nor we just don't have a Michael Gunger. So, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I'm thinking about starting a yep. spinoff podcast called Ask Science Fiction Mike. <laughs> oh, so. Anti, anti-science Mike. That's what we call Michael. <laughs> Flat earther. <laughs> Flat earther. I have someone in my church who was thinking about starting a, wanted to ask me to be on a spinoff podcast called Liturgish. That was actually more about church liturgy. <laughs> nice. But Liturgish is just or something. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So we're here for a reason. We've gathered together um, to talk about marriage and deconstruction and kind of that relationship of how it affects your marriage or your relationship. I mean, not exclusively to, to marriage, but. Right. Um, yeah. So do we want to start with a question or do you want to. Sp- do you have thoughts before we jump into it? Yeah. So as I was thinking about this topic leading up to it, I think my my thoughts immediately went to, and this is, I'll just say something very brief and then we can head into some questions. But okay. my thought was that when when we start to understand attachment, like the closeness that we have, the bonds that we feel with somebody else, one of the most rudimentary but foundational forms of attachment bonding is sameness. So the feeling that we are like somebody else. And when you boil this down, think about it on a you know grade school level. You meet someone and they have the same shoes. Or you go traveling and there's somebody from the same town as you mm. where you grew up. And there's a sense of I am like you because we are the same. And so the bonding that we have with other people is predicated for a lot of relationships on the feeling that we share something. And the thing that we share is our faith. The thing that we share is the church that we go to. The thing that we share, the sameness that links our identities is the sameness piece, is the sameness about about the belief structure. Mm. And so if that's what holds you together with somebody, if that was the glue, particularly if that was the glue you were told was the most important glue that could ever hold you together, <laughs> yep, yep. right? Then as soon as that starts to shift, it feels like the relationship which was held together by that glue, now all of a sudden that glue is dissolving. Hmm. But maybe there are other ways that we can find sameness or maybe there are some other ways that we can build connection with people besides if they believe the same thing as us or not. There could be other forms of glue. So that was my hope in thinking about this conversation today is that it can be really easy for people who are deconstructing to do um, a fear or shame based set of responses to their partner who still believes what they don't no longer believe. Yeah. Really feeling like they're the ones who are living a lie. They're the ones who are whatever. But 
what we're doing then is we're ultimately holding up the same idea, which is you need to believe what I believe in order for us to be the same. Yep. And what I'm proposing is there could be something richer, something deeper, something more long lasting, and maybe even something better for us than sameness, sameness by both being evangelical or sameness by both being deconstructed and that you don't necessarily have to have sameness on those ideas to feel close and connected and thriving as a couple. Hmm. I like, I like what you said about how, like the, how your identity is tied up in the sameness of a, of a relationship. Um, Mm. as it, as it relates to this, I was thinking about my, my own marriage and like, we're, great now, but I know mm-hmm. my, my wife actually deconstructed long before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, she just didn't have as much crap to unpack. She didn't really grow up in the church as much as I did. Right. Um, I remember having conversations when I was still, especially when I was still a full-time pastor mm-hmm. and she would say things and I would get angry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it wasn't like I would start screaming. I would just kind of, I would take offense to it. And now I realized when you were saying that, I was like, oh God, that's because it was, I saw it as an attack on my identity. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But also your identity with her. Yes, exactly. Right. Like, so, you know, I remember thinking at times like, like how, you know, as a pastor, how can I be with somebody who's not sure they believe in, believe in God? Like, Mm. you know what I mean? And I, I mean, now I don't, really care if she believes in God or not. I'm not sure I do most days. Um, but you know, then I was just, I would get kind of angry about it. And Mm -hmm. I realized now it's because my identity was tied up in how she believed as well and believing the same things. And when she sort of broke that wall, I remember taking offense to it, man, that's Gosh, right. we've been on what, like five minutes? <laughs> Jeez, I swear, every we got to start having her on like once a week. Can we yeah. do that? Like once a week, and like we just get free therapy. If the, if the liturgist thing doesn't work uh, out, we've got a space for you. Okay. Yes, okay. we'll send you a can Very of beer a week. Uh, yes, that sounds like equal and fair. Payment. I'm sure. For yeah, I'm, I'm sure thinking. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good beer. We're not going to send like Coors Light or anything. I mean, we always have four packs, and I always end up left with the extra. We'll so send. We send we'll send one. Molson. Come on, we know you're Canadian. <laughs> give you tim hortons gift cards yeah tim hortons gift cards there you go um there's something about this identity piece and the sameness that really gets um it feels like it's jeopardized when someone believes something different than us and then i think about your whole situation too as a pastor and and what that would have meant around um just about your family too and yep. and pastors being seen as leaders not only yep. of a community of faith but also a home that's supposed to be built on faith and what that would perhaps it would come with stories like maybe I'm not doing a good enough job at my job mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. it could really erode on so many levels a sense of confidence in yourself so that seems like if somebody's changing beliefs and you're married to them, that that's hard. But when your job yeah. is around that, yeah. that's a whole other level of fear and shame yep. and defensiveness that would come up. So it makes sense to me that you felt really threatened. Yeah. I mean, you get the, yep. you always get the, especially as a pastor, you know, you're supposed to be the example and you know, all that patriarchal bullshit of like, yeah. you know, the man's the head of the household. Yeah. And, and I never really mm. bought into that, but like I was kind of forced to fake it. Yeah. In a lot of yeah, regards, of because yeah. like, yeah. like I said, I never really did that, never got into mm-hmm. that, but I was expected to be into that. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think 
a lot of that was tied up into it of this fear of like, oh gosh, not only is this eroding our our collective identity, but it's mm-hmm. you know, like you said, my I could lose my job, I could, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So yeah, it's it was a it was a difficult thing. It's amazing how much better my life is, my my marriage is <laughs> without the church involved. <laughs> mm, yeah. All right. That's so, really sad. Like I feel the sadness of that statement. Yeah. Well, I, I wish don't know. It that I don't, way. I, yeah. You know? I mean, I do too, but I don't feel super sad about it. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Not anymore. Not I think, anymore. I think but I think so, there we're was so a, distant from it at yeah. this point. I, yeah. I just, I don't, there's more relief. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I think about? Like, it makes me think about how I'd feel if somebody took a medicine that everybody told them would make them better, but it made them sick. Like there's a, there's a kind of like existential sadness to it when something that's supposed to be good yep, yep. hurts us. That's a good way to put it. Yep. Yep. And that's, so I don't necessarily feel like, Oh, boo hoo. But like, it's yeah, right, right, right. like this kind of ache that the system is broken if it's hurting people yep, yep. more than it's helping. Them. All right. So mm. let's say you're married. She is um, married. Well, I mean, in, in this hypothetical <laughs> Hypothetically situation, speaking, Hillary, you're married. Um, uh, <laughs> you are deconstructing, but your spouse is not. Um, mm. How do you reconcile that with without being pushy or evangelizing your newfound belief system? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it comes back to we can't treat someone the way that we don't want to be treated. So if we don't want them to evangelize us, then it's really important to not evangelize them. But it is really hard. Like when you believe something and something is changing for you, you want to share it. And so Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong in sharing your excitement, but there's a, it's really important to be able to hold space for the fact that the person might not agree with you. So I think really important conversations early on are things like, I, I am okay with you believing things that are different than what I believe because I want you to be okay with me believing things mm. that are different than what you believe. Right. And so let's do that for each other. And let's just say that that's okay. And let's think about the thing that let's start envisioning what can join us together. What can create a sense of shared identity if not practicing faith in the same way. But then I think it's important to say, I want to have a conversation with you. Let's just say you have like a really interesting light bulb moment and it feels really exciting and you want to share it with the person to say, I'd love to share something with you, but I just, I really want you to know that this is about me sharing what I'm excited about and not about me trying to get you to think something. And, Mm -hmm. and so I'd love it if you could just hear me, even if it brings up stuff for you, I know that it's going to be hard, but I love to know that you could, you could share in my joy about me finding freedom, even if, even if it's different than what you want, I'm not trying to get you to believe something that I believe. Yeah. I just want to know that I can share my excitements with you. Sharing each other's joy. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's there's some good in that in all kinds of domains in marriage. Like my husband is a basketball fan. I regularly use this example because I've put a lot of work into this area of our marriage. I'm like, okay, last night I watched Boston play the Cavs and I can tell you everything that happened and I can be excited about the things that were exciting and I can tell you about the things that were not exciting because this like really matters to him. And I, I'm not going to sit down and watch a basketball game on my own and it's not going to be my favorite sport, but I, I value him and his personness and his 
his expression of himself in the world and the things that are exciting for him enough that I, I want to hold space and joy for that. And I'm sad with him when he's sad and happy when he's happy about whatever teams <laughs> are in the finals. And like, I really, it sounds trite, but truthfully, like I think that the root of that is what I'm trying to suggest could be the way that we see faith, that a person's discovery could be about them and not a reflection on us and how we are seen by the faith community or mm. our quote unquote salvation or any of that stuff, that it could be that when someone shares something about them, that it could actually be about them and not not about us, and that we could make room for them to feel joy in whatever way they want to feel joy. God, yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's Yeah, I wish I'd known mm-hmm. that about 10 years ago. I have, I have two very important follow-up <laughs> questions. Um, yeah, let's do it. What is your, what your is- husband's team? <laughs> <laughs> and what is your favorite sport? <laughs> Amazing. Um, for political purposes, and to not alienate most of your listeners, I'm not going to disclose oh, team you're, preference. You're not even going to say I, the it's it's not the Raptors. No. Oh gosh, no. Okay. No. Wow. Well, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, it's, what was what your sport? What was your favorite sport? Well, so I was an, a track athlete growing up, and I also did played a little bit of volleyball. But I love watching. I love watching track. Um. Or now I guess I, I probably know more about basketball than any other sport just because I don't really watch sports and I'm not super into them. But um, I'll, uh, I'll watch a good hockey game, you know. Of course. Canadian. But, you know, we don't, have, we don't have TV. And that was something that we decided really early on in our marriage that we didn't want to have in our home. Yeah. So yeah. it's we, we kind of have to piece together – sports games when we need to and sometimes they're on the computer and whatnot but i just i'm too busy with my nose in a textbook to be watching sports too much these days <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> totally <laughs> I mean, derailed but i had to know i had if you were if you were willing to tell us the a, team of choice an important contribution michael thank you you're welcome that. that's what i'm here for <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if your spouse let's say your spouse isn't on the same page regarding yeah. things like politics or social justice issues which yeah. nowadays is in America, especially is kind of a divisive <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you, uh, and maybe you've kind of already answered this, but how do you retain intimacy? Not, not necessarily physically, mm-hmm. but like emotional, spiritual intimacy when the mm-hmm. core values are sort of expressed in polar opposite ways. So here's two scenarios. In one scenario, they were always on a different team, you could say, although I I think that the idea that we're on different teams is kind of silly sometimes that we, especially in the States, I mean, it's not that way in Canada because we have so many different political parties, but in the States, it's really like, are you red or are you blue? And, and if they were, if they were on, align themselves with a different political party before you even met them and fell in love, then the things that were there before you met and fell in love are still there, but so were the things that you fell in love with. Mm. So were the things that drew you to that person. So it might be that now it's just harder to ignore because the political climate has polarized people. So we yeah, feel like yeah. the things that normally would have been easy to kind of sweep under the rug or, or navigate through are, are just harder to get us to a sense of agreement on because they feel so charged. The other scenario is that the two of you didn't really have political ideologies that were self-identified and then they, you became more aware of the things that you believe. And 
the other person did too. And they just led you in different directions. And still the things that made you love that person in the first place are likely still there unless they're not. And then that's, that's a question that needs to be contended with because people change and people have different ideas about things. I remember, I remember having a conversation with someone, I think it was a client. I think, yeah, I think it was a client and he, he was saying to me about his wife, well, she, you know, she's changed. She's not the person that I married. And I, I often talk about this, but I remember saying to him, good, she shouldn't be like what, what, you know, it's been 20 years and you want her to still look that way and dress that way and think that way. Like you would have, you'd be married to a 20 year old, 15 year old or whatever year old person when you first met her, she's not, that's not how life works. We are developmental beings, Mm. which means that we grow and change and we, we adapt. And that there's something really powerful about saying to somebody, I, I stand by you even when what you identify with is challenging for me because there's something bigger going on here, which is that I am being stretched and we are for each other, even if we experience ourselves as being different in certain ways. Again, it goes back to the idea that sameness doesn't need to be, sameness with political ideology doesn't need to be the most important thing that connects you to somebody. And we, we create these identities, again, that are so entrenched around a political party or a faith system. And I think what we do when we do that is we miss out on the rest of the things that create commonality between us. We forget that everybody at the end of the day takes a shit. We forget that everybody at the end of the day, like everybody needs, wants to lie down next to somebody that they love, that is caring to them, caring for them. Everybody wants to feel like they have a sense of belonging and purpose and meaning. And so we, we create these divides between us that actually leave us feeling more alone and alienated Mm. and disconnected from the source of connection that is there in front of us. Now, it's very difficult to agree with someone and to be married to someone who won't listen to you, who won't have a conversation with you. Mm. But I don't know if that's so much about if you're a Republican or Democrat or evangelical or atheist or whatever, as more about who you are as a person. Because I know lots of people, I have couples in my office all day long who have uh, support the same political party who don't listen to each other. Hmm. And so I don't think that it's about, and I see lots of couples who have different political parties who do listen to each other and can have dialogue and can say at the end of the day, this is, this is all kind of made up stuff in the end. And do we love people and care about people and how do we do that? And where can we find commonality in, in the mark that we make on the world? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could easily, I mean, as I'm, as I'm saying this, sorry to cut you off there for no, a second. No, you're fine. <laughs> it's, it's, there might be some people who would say though, like, I can't, I can't be with someone. I'm a person of color. I can't be with somebody who supports a white supremacist. And I think then it's not just all made up stuff, red and blue. That's yeah. all made up. And you being on this team and me being on that team is all made up, but if what you believe means that I I don't matter as a person, mm. I think there's more going on there than political party. And I think that there mm. might be some stuff that's been going on for a long time. And I would say that's a really good time to think about if that marriage is safe for you, if you need to be in counseling, mm. if you're worried about um, emotional abuse or if you're or if you're being 
devalued on a regular basis? Like those are good questions to ask. But if it's really just like, you, you know, sitting around the table arguing about potential policy that may or may not, um, yeah, may or may not actually impact the way that either of you live and at the root of it all you both care about people, maybe that's more important is that you both care about people and you're just trying to express it in different ways. So is there a, is there a point in your mind where divorce or separation becomes the best option? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's off the table really, really ever. Um, I think if people are disrespectful to each other and refuse to have dialogue, if people are hurtful, if there's any kind of abuse, emotional included, emotional, physical, sexual, psychological, if it means that people are devaluing each other, particularly in front of children and saying, well, you know, your mom's opinions don't matter because this mm. and this and this, like, oh, and you, you know, your dad's just a whatever. I think that that marriage has probably been in jeopardy for a very long time. Um, but I think if there's no desire or effort towards creating dialogue, creating repair, then it's really hard to have anything good in marriage because merit part of marriage is conflict. Yeah. And I don't think there's no version of marriage where even, even the most healthy marriages that we can study for years, they still have conflict. It's how you deal with conflict that makes it healthy or not. Right. So what are you doing to resolve those conflicts? Are you, um, is there a possibility that bridges could be built or not? And if not, I, I always recommend people see therapists, see therapists individually or as a couple. Um, perhaps some things could be shifted and there could be some reconciliation and some really good kinds of therapy for this are EFT, emotion-focused therapy, and AEDP for couples because what they do is they focus on the heart issue underneath instead of like, do you agree or do you not agree? It's mm. like, what do we both want? And mm -hmm. underneath it all, both people often always want the same thing, which is we want to feel cared for. We want to feel not alone. We want to know that we're respected and valued and we have a place where we can be seen and cared about. Do you have any suggestions for where to start with that? So let's say you are wanting mm -hmm. to get into therapy um, with your spouse or just on your own. And then hopefully maybe later your spouse will be interested in that. Yeah. Where, where do people start? Is there a website that you recommend or, or, um, is it just trial and error or, or what do you recommend? Yeah. You know what I would, I would say, ugh, and again, I don't want to alienate some of my, my therapist <laughs> friends, but I would, I would probably never go to a therapist that I either didn't have the style of therapy that I was interested in or um, was ref wasn't referred to me by name by someone who I know. Mm -hmm. There's just, you really want to find out a little bit about them because there's this, you know, I'm a therapist, but so is the person who says, um, you know, let's do classical conditioning. So snap a, a, an elastic band on your wrist every time you think about a naked woman or beat yourself with the whatever, like that's also therapy. So you want to look for a therapist who's good. And 
therapists who are going to support you to explore the deeper emotional issues underneath why there's so much disagreement and conflict and disconnection. So there are some schools of therapy that have websites online that you can go look up who they are and, or sorry, who the people are, where they are, if they're in your area and things like the emotion focused therapy for couples websites, as well as AEDP, Accelerated Experiential Dynamic Psychotherapy, and then look in your area. Mm. Or if you know somebody who's seen a good couples therapist or individual therapist and they liked them, ask them who it was and then call that person up. Mm. But I really, I really strongly advise against just calling a random person in the phone book Mm. and just seeing what happens. Start with the M's. What? <laughs> what? The, the McBride. M's McBride. Get it? Oh, gotcha. Oh, right. the yes. <laughs> that only that only applies in Canada, though. Yes, only if you're in Canada. Um, um, okay, so here's another kind of question about uh, the ex- extended family, and uh, um, so how do you handle extended family who are evangelical or a different religion than your religion, preaching to or mm-hmm. giving your children books? videos that are in opposition or Mm -hmm. not aligned, maybe opposition, Mm -hmm. maybe too strong, not aligned with your new beliefs, especially if your spouse sides with Uh, that extended family. That's a, that's a layered cake right there. Yes. That's layered cake. (laughs) Seven layered cake. Okay. So let's, let's start with a few different scenarios. If let's just say you and your spouse are on the same page, we'll start there. Does your extended family know? And maybe they don't. Sometimes we neglect to inform people about important changes in our belief system. And it can be awkward. We can know, um, we might not know where to start and what to say. And Mm. so it can be perhaps if they give an item to your kids or to you that feels like it doesn't really resonate with you. What you can do is you can use that as an opportunity to say, hey, thanks so much for this. That's really generous of you. And remember that people give gifts because they care about you. Yes. Yeah. Even if it's out of obligation, it's I care about you enough to try because I I feel like this is important that I'm going to do this. But what they're trying to do is try and protect you or trying to uh, inform you or share something with you that's been very valuable. Like rarely will people give you a book you know, let's just say a book or a CD or something that they haven't also listened to and liked. So they're telling you something about themselves. Just remember that gifts aren't always about you and you liking them. And it can just be a pathway to connect with somebody else. So if you get a gift or get a, a book or a tape or a CD or something for your kids, that can be a point where you say, hey, thank you so much. And I thought I'd let you know that we're, you know, we're changing some of our ideas about how we how we parent and some of the stories that we tell and what we tell them about. And so what I want you to know is that when we tell them, when we read them this story at night, that we're probably also going to be helping them think critically about it. And if that feels uncomfortable for you, then maybe it's a good idea to stick to stuff that's kind of neutral. Like we really like these books and you can give them some suggestions because sometimes people just don't know what kind of stuff you like. Now, not everyone's going to like that. (laughs) Sometimes it's easier to just say, I mean, like think about all the things that we do this with, like wedding gifts, where you say, thank you so much. And then you tuck it away or you return it (laughs) or you give it to someone who you donate to a church where that's going to go to some kids who need some books and, and you don't have to worry about reading it again. And 
they if they ask, you can say that actually doesn't really fit with what our belief system was, but we really appreciate it. It was a valuable gift, and so we gave it to somebody who who we knew would appreciate it. Is but light, you is lighting the book on fire and pissing on the ashes is that on the table? <laughs> is that acceptable or? Um, <laughs> only if you videotape it and then you send them a videotape. Yes. Thanks for the <laughs> gift. Really, Thank you for the gift. Like yeah, exactly. It was very warm. Let's, Thank you. Let's say hypothetically, and by hypothetically, I mean this actually happened. Let's yeah. say uh, I was sitting around my parents' house and talking about how I don't necessarily believe in a literal seven-day creation and right. don't yeah. really believe in the the uh, the ark as an actual factual story. Right. Um, Wait, you don't? Yeah, and then and then <laughs> within center within. Within two weeks, let's say fourteen days, um, <laughs> which would be two weeks actually. Yeah, my, uh, this uh, handed is different, and this is all hypothetical. <laughs> this is of hypothetical. Uh, yeah. My uh, our, our this person's mother um, drove to the Creation Museum in beautiful uh, Kentucky and uh, brought back some wonderful literature for uh, your uh, your four year old child yeah. regarding the Creation Museum and the Creation yeah. Story from Ken Ham. <laughs> Um, I don't really have any question about that because I know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say, whoever whoever feels that the struggle's real. Mm, the struggle's real. What did you do? Um, we, we he wiped we, his butt. With no, that. no. We accepted the book. We took it home. Um, and then I think we actually did donate it or, or sold yeah. it, sold it to a used bookstore yeah um i i perused some of it there were two yeah. books one about creation one about dinosaurs the dinosaurs was interesting because it's yeah completely false it's completely f- fiction what cavemen yeah. riding yes. t-rexes that's not but, that's but, not real but what the conversation i had with um with m- my wife was that um you know, she means my mom cares. If she didn't yeah. care, exactly. If yeah. she didn't care, she wouldn't have literally drone drove to another state to pick up that. <laughs> yeah, book. exactly. You know, and, and okay. she, she's concerned. Yeah, and you know what? There, I think that there's a a place for keeping stuff like that around once in a while to say, "Hey, kids, let's sit around and talk about this book, and let's talk about the stuff that's out there, and you're going to encounter that, and treat it kind of like." I think we talked about this example on the one of the episodes that I did with you previously, but <laughs> the, you know, treating it like the pornography stuff, like sitting down with your kid and saying like, this is what you're going to see out there and yeah. what's wrong with it and what are the challenges and like treat it like any kind of dangerous information where you're, where you want to help them think through and talk through what's going on in this information so that that they know how to think critically about it so that in the future when they encounter it, they're not dumbfounded or feel like they fall under its spell. Yeah. Yep. I, I think you just have to, it, you, I think assuming po- positive intent goes a long way. Yeah. And obviously yeah. if, if don't, not to the extent of not, you know, letting people abuse you or abuse the situation. Right. Um, but I think if you if you look at it as in they genuinely care about you, if they yeah. didn't, they would just be like, let her burn. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, so let's go back to the second part of this question, which is what happens when you have a spouse, right? That's that's harder because there's it can feel a little bit like an us versus them game where yeah. they've got 
support of a family member or their families and you're kind of on the outside. And so what I would suggest is if you could have a conversation with your, with your spouse about the importance of having lots of different ideas that, that, that you share together as a family or agreeing upon certain ideas and then only having kids access literature that supports those ideas. So maybe the thing that you agree upon is the idea that if there's a God, that God is loving. Yeah. So maybe you only have literature in the home that talks about God as loving because yeah. that's something that you can, that you can bend for bend towards for a little while. Or maybe there's the idea that like, um, God is, God is like a parent and, and wants us to feel like we're secure and safe within that love of the parent. So maybe there's literature stories that portray God as a father or a mother. And so those are stories that you're comfortable with. But I think that might mean having conversations with your spouse and saying, what are the things that we do agree on? And then keeping, continuing to have those conversations over time. Yeah as the ideas change. And then the other piece would be if you don't, if you can agree, that's really painful, but talking about how it's like, it's okay for kids to hear all sorts of stories. Kids believe Santa Claus is real and it doesn't totally destroy them. And over time you can say, well, let's have a different conversation now that you're old enough to understand nuance. So this is a big, this is a big poetic story. Kids of a different developmental ages don't need to know poetry isn't real they're just hearing rhymes and hearing words and then and then over time you say okay so now you're old enough let's talk about what what it says in that poem and how we believe things and some people believe that the poem is real and we believe that it's real but not in a way that's you know tells us like science does certain things and poems tell us different things about the world that science doesn't and Mm. yeah yeah i find myself so i've got a a uh, now three-year-old and soon to be five-year-old and the five-year-old asks questions like who is God where is God um, and, and I find myself more and more saying some people believe this yeah mama believes this papa believes yeah. this and you can believe whatever you want to believe um, mm. and, and going from there and just have presenting yeah. Multiple options and, and not saying that my my way is the right way or the right. definitive way. Well, son, the Apostles' yeah. Creed is. Uh... <laughs> but it's, it's kids of a certain developmental age can't understand that multiple people believed multiple things. Yes. Yeah. And so it's important. You can say if you want to say to young kids, God is love. But then you break that down and say, God is like ground of being. God is the energy that moves everything. You know, when they're 10, yes, not you say later, right? Like it's, you, it's okay to, to start with something that feels suitable or feels malleable or like it has yeah. complexity and truth to it. And then add layers of understanding to it over time. And maybe what you say is, um, is different over time as kids age or you yeah. respond based on what what kinds of questions they're asking and it's okay it's okay to say to kids yes or no or god is this or god is not this really early on because they just don't have the cognitive yeah. flexibility to understand complexity cool yeah so mm-hmm. let's uh, i you guys have any follow-ups to no that? go ahead okay so how do you going back to the you know our spouses and our parents and our in-laws and all that 
Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you get your spouse to understand it's okay to question and disagree with their parents mm. <laughs> with the faith of their parents? Cause I know that's, yeah. I know that's a massive issue in the pub. Like people are, I mean, so many people have parents who are just the complete, I think with the rigidity of fundamentalism, it, yeah. it, it, it's a, it's a sin to even ask questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this goes beyond evangelicalism and goes beyond faith communities where yeah. there's, it seems to be that we have a hard time disagreeing with our parents or saying that they might've done something that wasn't helpful for us without them or us assuming that they were terrible parents. Like it seems very, very hard for people to take that parents weren't perfect. Yeah. Hmm. But that, that doesn't mean that they're bad. And so we tend to get into these, we get backed into this corner where we do very black and white things with our parents where we, where we say, um, they're awful or they're perfect Hmm. or people say, you know, my, my, I had a normal childhood, everything was fine. Um, but we don't make room for the fact that that means that sometimes people and parents do things that aren't really helpful, but they were still loving and good and did everything they could for us. And so sometimes it starts by breaking down that idea and challenging it for yourself as a couple. Like, what do we want to say to our kids about when we make mistakes and how do we as parents support them to, to tell us when we've hurt them in a way that helps them know that we can talk about hard stuff as a family without it meaning that we don't love them or that we're, you know, that we're good or we're bad. So it starts with your family and it starts with the, the kinds of stories that you want to tell about each other and about your children, real or future, or what do we want to say to the world about what it means to make mistakes and to disagree? And then again, to, to challenge that and say, well, can we take that further to how we see our families? What are the things that our families really, really support that we don't? And can it, can it not mean that they're bad or we're bad if we disagree? And in fact, could that lead to a more rich and more full existence and a more rich and more full relationship where we're not in relationship just because we're pretending that we agree with you, but we're in relationship because we've learned to hold space for each other and our differences. Hmm. But some families, man, it's really brutal. Some families really think that if you say to your parents, it really hurt me when you did this, that it means automatically that they were a horrible parent, which is not true at all. But it creates this narrative around parenting where parents, where kids are not allowed to say that they were hurt by their parents creates this really this dictatorship and kind of a silencing, or it creates the illusion that parents have to be perfect. And if for some reason a child is hurt, that it means that the parent was a failure or they were bad instead of just human and in process like everybody else. So a really, a really big shift in my relationship with my mom My mom has done a lot, a lot, a lot of work on herself since things were really painful between her and I. Mm -hmm. But she, I I mean, I've told this story lots of times, but I remember saying to her, I'm writing a book and I want to tell the truth about our relationship and some of the painful things that have happened between us. I didn't even say that she did, but the painful things between us. And I'm scared because I want to tell the truth, but I also want to protect you. And I don't know if I can do both. So one thing 
that's worth noting is I, I felt safe enough to actually have that conversation with my mom, right, which not yeah. would be safe to do. But then my mom said to me, in words I won't ever forget, she said, you don't have to protect me from the pain that I feel about how I've hurt you. And if mm. I'm sad that I've hurt you, that's something that I will carry on my own. But I don't need you to tell a lie or to pretend just to protect me from the sadness. And in fact, what's beautiful about that is when I talk about things that my mom might have done or said or my dad that that hurt me or left me feeling wounded in some ways, when they are sad and when they acknowledge that that wasn't okay, it actually helps me heal. Yep. But what happens is if we, if we sweep everything under the rug and they say, they say, I never did that or you're, you're ungrateful, then what happens is we don't get the repair and it doesn't teach us how as adults to take responsibility when our kids someday come to us and say, you know, you hurt me because then we're just going to do the same thing that they always did. Mm -hmm. And we don't get the repair that we needed, which is that we are loved and we're cared for and that they are modeling for us, even in their adult years, how to hold, how to hold hum with humility, the fact that we are imperfect beings. I feel like you should write a book about this. I think I should. <laughs> <laughs> It'll hit big, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. no. You know, I, I think the, the funny thing, not the funny thing, um, I think the thing I've realized about being being a parent, you you automatically realize that your parents were just guessing. <laughs> like, I, it, it literally is a learning experience every single day. Like, and you, you make mistakes and you fail and you try to make it right. And I know I've talked about the podcast before. I've apologized to both my kids before on multiple occasions when I know I've done wrong. And like you, you literally are just learning as you go. Yeah. 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 Um, so what are the, the mm -hmm. seven steps to a healthy marriage? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to save that for another episode. Yes. You. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Always such a joy to chat with you guys. And thanks for, for hearing me and for making space for what I'm doing and how I bring it to the world. Anytime. Seriously. It's, this is, this is your podcast now. We're changing it to the <laughs> Hillary McBride presents the Inglorious Bastards. So, no, no, but seriously, anytime you want to chat we're we are here and we are ready. Um, yeah, we, we greatly appreciate it. Everyone needs to go buy your book. Oh, um, thank you so much. It's so you know, good. I want, do you want, I've got a little spoiler, Yes. I've got a little treat that I could offer for you yes, that we need it. new that might help the, the ratings of this episode. <laughs> um, God knows we need it. <laughs> no, uh, uh, on my, I was just in LA this past week with the guys doing some liturgist episodes and what we decided is we're going to do some liturgist retreats. So really mm. intimate gatherings, probably 20 to 30 people max. And probably all weekend long, and we're probably going to do some on embodiment and some on spiritual trauma where we can actually talk with each other and build community and heal from things that uh, bind a lot of those listeners together. So probably in the next year or two, um, we'll have a few of those available to people. And we haven't picked any dates yet. And we don't know what's going to happen, but we just decided that seems like something that people are hungry for is a yeah. chance. Mm -hmm get together and to have more intimate conversations that we don't really get at the, the litter just gatherings because they're thousands of people yeah yeah that's awesome i'm cool. not saying you shouldn't you should come to indiana um but if you came to indiana i think some people would probably come 
like the three of us. <laughs> the, the three of you, yeah. At, a, just... at a heavily discounted rate. That's yes. right. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Oh, cool. We'll get to hear your awesome. voices. Yeah, you too. For, it was good to have this. you again. All right, thank you. Now that you've your And tell us what you think. The five stars get red, but one star is dead. To us. Feedback. Look who's back. Brad is back. <laughs> back again. Fickety, fickety, feedback. <laughs> what do we got, Matt? Nothing. No five-star reviews. Nope. Wah, wah, <sighs> That's sad. Because in the 69, my humpty nose will tickle <laughs> your rear. My- Pig like a pickle. I'm very... Not. I'm very excited right now. I'm very not excited right now. I'm yesent excited right now. <laughs> Are you excited? Yesent. <laughs> Fuck, now I'm doing it. God yes-ent. damn it. Oh, oh boy, Brad, what do you got? That's your safe word. Yesent. Uh, what do yes. you want? Top ten. All right. All right. So hey, okay. No, if, shut if, up. If you're all right, listen- number no, ten. No, wait, wait. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you've listened all this time and you've got something out of this, go leave us a freaking five star review. Yeah. Leave on words. iTunes. Words. Write words. Yeah, we'll read them on the podcast. Yeah. Yep. All Come right. On. That's the only. I mean, we're giving you two hours of. Hot content. Top 10. So do it. Top 10. Here we go. Brian O'Dean at Brian O'Dean. Brian O'Dean. Listening to Austin Channing interview on Pastor's Podcast has me realizing again that my silence is complicity in the death of my black siblings. First listen, then speak out and act. Yep. Number yep. nine, Sassy Ginge at Stacy Osioe. How do you say? Is it Osioe? I, I guess. I don't know. O-C-O-E. A showy. O-C-O-E. I'm saying a showy. No, it's probably not. It's probably O-C-O-E. 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 That's uh, at Pauline A. Matt and at MJ Basinger. We. All right. At Pastors Podcast, at Austin Channing. There have been some amazing foofies on this podcast, but this week's is officially my fave. Fragility, aggression, the importance of words, so much truth. And, oh, and a West Wing shout out best. Hashtag Matt is the angry one. Hmm. Number eight, Ron Smith at Standrews Rebel. Staint, Staint Andrews. Saint Andrews. The new hashtag podcast, hashtag epitode of Come Pastors on Podcast. With Austin Channing Brown was amazing. It gave me some more insight and much needed laughs. Also, at Pauline and Brad is the angry brother. I don't know for sure, but I like to be contentious for the sake of being contentious. Uh, you're wrong. All right, number seven at Woodland Ferry. Hey, Woodland Ferry, hey, how are you doing? Today? Joyful turd. Dedums. Dedums. Yeah, she changed it to a Woodland Ferry. Nope. It's diddly diddly dedums. Old diddly diddly dedums. Yep. Diddly do die. At Pastor's Podcast. This is what happens when you ask for a nickname. Never ask, yeah, never ask for a nickname. We Come will just away. drag that shit through the dirt. All right. Diddly at Pastor's diddums. Podcast. Well, it may possibly be true that hashtag Matt is the angry one. He is also a musical placement genius, even though said music is usually horrible and from the 80s. Thank you. Get to work on that hashtag retractable toothpaste idea, and I'll support it. (laughs) Coming to kickstarter.com. 
Hmm. Retractable toothpaste. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Number six, David Sluss at Davy Davy Sluss Sluss. Davy Davy Sluss Sluss. Uh, at MJ Bay, singer of a pastored podcast, knows me and my top. Oh, wait, no, wait, that's the wrong one. Sorry. Oh, be sure to hashtag subscrate to the at pastors podcast, hashtag padcast, padcast, where hashtag Matt is the angry one. Seriously, Epitode 118 with Austin Channing was another great interview. By the way, I think you should add the reaction to the coconut story to the soundboard. <laughs> hashtag, what are we doing here? Number five, Jason Williams at J Dub four seven four two one. Jibbity Dub Dub at at Pastor or at MJ Basinger of the Pastors Podcast knows me and my Top Gun obsession too well. Yep. As soon as I heard Kenny Loggins singing "Playing with the Boys," I immediately pictured Tom Cruise and Anthony Edwards playing beach volleyball. Yep. Yep. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, Jason at Faster Than Gravy. Seriously, episode one eighteen of Pastors Podcast with Austin Channing was one of my. Most important, one of the most important things I've listened to, not the first 45 minutes or the last 20 minutes, but that hour in the middle is good stuff. <laughs> Hashtag Matt is the angry one. Good, uh, a good Twinkie of a podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, stay for the cream in the middle. That's yeah. that's our new tagline. Favorite donut, Bavarian. Pastor's podcast. Stay, stay for, for the cream stay, in the middle. No, just stay for the cream. Stay for the cream. Yep. Yep. I came up with one the other day. What was it? tell us yeah i did did you I don't remember what it Me? was yeah i told both anyway all right. all right number three steve austin at i am steve austin at pastor's podcast <laughs> roll tide that's what he said roll tide so glad i decided to hashtag subscrate to the hashtag pastor's podcast i hashtag lipsoned to every hashtag epitode Hashtag Matt is the angry one. There's a lot of that a this week. Has yeah. he listened to the every episode? Surely I not. I, I doubt he's listened to every one. I'm he sure he has. He lives in Alabama. There's fucking nothing. Yeah, there's to nothing do there. to do in Alabama but drink and watch football. All right. Uh, number and just complete overt racism. Number two, <laughs> jerking it. Meg at silly putty. Meg. <laughs> Meg at Rose Nose eight twenty at Patrick's podcast. My mother-in-law calls them pronos. <laughs> I'm going to convince her it's actually hashtag porn. Thanks, Michael. Hashtag do you even English, bro? <laughs> nope. So I've got two number ones. It's a one because they're kind of connected. Okay. They're sort of similar. Uh, 1A and 1B. <laughs> you going to play your role? Your... Um, yeah. <laughs> Laurel. <laughs> Go ahead. I kind of want to hit the button until I hear it, Annie. <laughs> 1A, Becky Ibturdia at Sauron the Queen. Might want to get that checked out. She should. Hashtag roving band of whores fronted by at Polly named Brad will be opening for hashtag screaming vagina fronted by hashtag Sauron the Queen at the Pastors Podcast year three celebration and live recording in March 2019. Oh, man. Hashtag Matt is the angry one. 1B, Shane Lancaster at Love as Christ. 
hashtag past or at pastors podcast. I look forward to next week, next week's battle of the band episode where Becky Seville and the screaming vaginas face off against roving band of whores and masturbating pug to see who will be the new pub worship leaders. <laughs> hashtag Matt is the angry one. <laughs> Lucas Allen and the masturbating pugs. Hill schlong. Hill schlong United. Hill schlong United. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Sing it again, more spiritually this time. Sing it prophetically, kids. Uh, Charlie, Charlie, you're Charlie. You're so Hall. great, Jesus. <laughs> you're the best I've ever met in all my years. Oh, the oceans What's are so wonderful. Right I don't know. I'm writing just, a worship song. I just, just let him going. go. <laughs> it's a hill song. I don't even try to stop. It's a hill song. united Hill song. united. <laughs> all right. Oh, I'm, I'm supposed to do things. Now. Yeah, it's you true. are. Everybody. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's go into smashy tags. Well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. All right, let's do it. You got Brad? You want to yeah, go? go ahead? Huh? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Hashtag uh, everybody takes a shit. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag that's a layered cake. Hashtag no Ian Witch. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Michael and I will trade faces. <laughs> Hashtag my baloney has a first name. It's Chris. <laughs> Hashtag a thousand bucks for boob pics. <laughs> Hashtag barely touched her level. <laughs> that sounds a lot worse when I said it out loud. Yeah, yeah it, does. it sure does. Yeah, it does. In uh, hindsight, that hashtag his consciousness terrible. walked out the door. <laughs> hashtag Brandon is on Brandon is on Mustafar. <laughs> that might be my winner. Actually, I really like that. You one. are my brother, Anakin. <laughs> I loved you. <laughs> uh, Michael teabagged himself. Hashtag Michael is done steeping. I have the high ground. It's it. Shut it down. Nope. That's it. Yep, it is. Veto power. Nope. Fuck your veto. Yep. It is two out of three. This is a goddamn democracy. Keep going. You are not Donald Trump, and this is not your United We're not States. Doing it that. is a democracy. Next. What else you got? So we did. Matt was angry. Is the angry one last week? We can do Michael teabagged himself. No, come on. Next, what do you got? Michael's done steeping. Okay, that's fair. Stay for the cream. <laughs> Stay for the cream. What do you got, Brad? Hashtag our baloney has a first name. (laughs) Hashtag dot orgasm. (laughs) What? Dot orgasm. I don't Okay. You were going through the In God We Trump film dot orgasm. All right. Okay. Hashtag he likes it warm. What? What? I don't remember what that was from. I I said it about something and nobody caught it. Anyway. uh, Somebody will get it. Hashtag there you go, smash. Oh, yeah. Hashtag bloodlust for puppies. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah, pretty, pretty good. That's pretty strong. That's pretty oh, good. shit. <laughs> Hashtag hubbo. Hubbo. <laughs> that's good. Hashtag where was Yanny when she did this? <laughs> Hashtag Cheeto bath. Hashtag Michael T. Bagged himself. <laughs> Hashtag Peppermint and Cheetos. 
Hashtag the Louis Vuitton of does. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Nobody can spell Louis Vuitton. Hashtag Matt fucks Play-Doh. <laughs> Neat. Yeah, super funny, guys. <laughs> you guys are both just unbelievable cocks. Hashtag road hard and put up wet. The Michael Basinger story. Hashtag not exactly Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, all right, I've got uh, marriage is conflict. That's uh, uh, okay. Seven layer cake. Um, treat it like porn. <laughs> but we got to do porn. porn. Treat it like porn. Treat it like porn. Um, uh, pectoral photo shoot. That's really good. Woman named Yanny. Uh, okay to show your beaver. <laughs> that is already a hashtag. I'm guessing we cannot do that. <laughs> Matt fucks Play-Doh. <laughs> God. <laughs> Silly putty handshake. <laughs> uh, stay for the cream. Uh, oh, God. That's so gross. <laughs> uh, hubbo. Bloodlust for puppies. <laughs> I think that's the winner, man. And, and a, a very late entrance, unbelievable cocks. <laughs> also, probably a hashtag. <laughs> unbelievable cocks. I'm going to go bloodlust for puppies. I think that's the one. If we're not going to do Matt yeah. Fox Play-Doh or... No, we're not doing Although that. I will say the Louis Vuitton of does is pretty... That's pretty good. Yeah. No. I like silly putty handshakes. <laughs> <laughs> we, already did, we already did a beef jerky handshake. Oh, God. I really like Michael Teabagged himself, but he's not going to let us use it. No. Uh, uh, let's go bloodlust for puppies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you listen to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag, hashtag bloodlust for puppies. Uh, we are at Pastards Podcast. Uh, I'm not on Twitter at Polly Name Matt. At Polly Name Brad. At. God, you did it again. MJ Basinger. Sorry. <sighs> uh, you can also check us out on Facebook.com slash Pastards Podcast and Glorious Pastards on Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website, ingloriouspastards.com, or if you have trouble spelling pastards or inglorious, go to jizzmuzzle.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Support us on Patreon to join the Pastards Pub. Get access to our spinoff podcasts, uh, Pastors Community Church, Hymns of Reconstruction, Turd Talk, Pub Crawl, Special Music. Buy us around and even help shape the content of this show. Go to patreon.com slash pastorspodcast. If you think uh, you are not sure about joining the Pastors Pub, if you are listening to this right now, you probably belong in the Pastors Pub. So get in there. Um, that's it. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Nope. I don't think so. All right. 
check out our friends, the Twisted Sisters, on their podcast feed on the Apple stuff. I think they're on other places, too. Probably wherever we are. Probably like Pocket Cast and Overcast and Downcast and, um, I don't know, all the casts. Probably. Probably, yeah. Probably Google Play, Stitcher. All three people that use that. Um, <laughs> Aren't you guys on Stitcher? Yet? We have we have dozens of listeners. Vlogger.com. Vlogger. What are some other good ones? Zanga. Geo Cities. Yeah. Do they have a Geo Cities thing? I don't think that exists anymore, does it? I don't know. Uh, I don't care either. <laughs> 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 <laughs>